It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time once again for instant analysis on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier, senior analyst for BamaOnline.com, back with you. Can you breathe yet? Following Alabama's 26-20 win over the Texas A&M Aggies Saturday afternoon at Kyle Field in College Station. I mean, we could spend the entire time, right, just talking about that fourth quarter. Feels like Alabama won the game three different times in the fourth quarter, whether it was the block field goal return that was negated by a blindside block call on Dallas Turner, uh, whether it was a couple of different stops defensively, really, for Alabama in the final 15 minutes. Ultimately, though, Alabama gets the job done. Jalen Milrow with a huge game. Is this going to be the Jalen Milrow game? Is this going to be the uh, Jermaine Burton game? Because Jalen to Jermaine was a consistent theme on Saturday in College Station. Penalties, too, though. Could be the uh, the other penalty game in the state of Texas because it felt a lot like the one in Austin last year to an extent. So many pre-snap penalties. Uh, but ultimately, Alabama gets the job done. Really, in the wake of a week, at the end of a week, in which the narrative was entirely about Texas A&M and how this was all but a given that A&M wouldn't just win the game, but perhaps roll the Crimson Tide. And yeah, there were some times during this game on Saturday where it had that feel to it, like it could get a little sideways on Nick Saban's team, even at the half with Alabama trailing 17-10 to and getting the ball to start the third quarter. I don't know if anybody on the Alabama side felt exceptionally good about things, but even after the Jalen Milrow interception there in the third quarter, and that wasn't a bad decision. That was actually uh, what they wanted. Uh, Jalen just had the, needed to be a little more efficient getting that ball out and a little more assertive with the pace on the football. You can't float that football there. Can't be a little bit late with that single high safety sitting there in the middle of the field either. But the Alabama defense answered right after that. Caleb Downs with a huge interception, stabilized things for Alabama. Milrow was able to go back to work with Burton and uh, those receivers of his and you know get Alabama into a position of leading the football game and really, again, in the fourth quarter, having opportunities to close that thing out on multiple occasions. Nick Saban in his postgame comment said that had to be a personal record for him in terms of in terms of a team of his messing up that many times and still winning the game. Alabama pulls it out. And there were some heroes. You know, when you win a game like this on the road, there are certainly heroes involved. Some wear capes, some maybe not so much. Obviously, you're going to look at Jalen Milrow and his performance uh, in returning to his home state. He didn't get Texas two-step, did he, by the home state schools this time around. You're going to look at some guys maybe not so much. What about Jaden Roberts, another Texan? from the Houston area, stepping in there at right guard. We heard from Nick Saban after the game, Darian Dahlcourt. Unfortunately for Darian, it's just seemingly one injury after another over the last two or three years. Dahlcourt this time dealing with a shoulder issue, and so it was Jaden Roberts in there at right guard. 
I thought Jaden Roberts played pretty damn good. Now, look, you look at Alabama's rushing totals and you associate those with interior offensive line, but you knew going into this game, interior run game wasn't where Alabama was going to make hay against this Texas A&M defense. If there's one area of this Texas A&M defense that you knew would be problematic for the Alabama offense as much as anything, it was the uh, the interior there, those defensive linemen for Texas A&M. I'd say they played up to it, but I thought in the second half, once Alabama sort of accepted that the quick passing game was there, now, you didn't have to go up top for everything against this A&M defense. A&M essentially was saying, we're going to stop the run, and after giving up some of those explosive plays in the first half, we're going to play some off coverage, and we're not going to get beat over the top as much. And so it was in the second half where Jalen did some really good work underneath, taking what was there on the outside early. Yeah, the interception wasn't good, but that was another opportunity right there in the sort of intermediate game. Uh, and Alabama was able to get into some semblance of a rhythm as far as the passing game goes. And the defense throughout, I thought, was was really good. You know, we'll, 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 again, we'll hear about the job A&M did on the Alabama run game, and it was impressive. But Alabama just as much defensively did the same to the A&M run game. And also, more so than I would say even Texas A&M didn't need the extra guy in the pass rush. Occasionally, occasionally brought the extra guy. But Alabama's four-man rush was very effective. Now, give Max Johnson some credit. There were three or four throws he made under duress where he not only amazingly made accurate throws, but his receivers, including his running back, Le'Veon Moss, in the third and long there in the fourth quarter where it looked like Deontay Lawson had it covered, but Moss was able to break the tackles uh, and get a first down. Alabama's four-man rush, especially on third and passing downs, was effective, not just the edge guys either. Tim Keenan, you know, I thought some guys did some nice jobs on the inside. So um, the defense throughout, but but again, just the timing of some of the mistakes there in the fourth quarter, that's essentially everything you can do to try to lose a game and still somehow come out a winner. And it's a huge win for this Alabama team, not just tangibly in terms of what it means in the SEC West, because Alabama, of course, sits in first place all by itself now in the West. Uh, that's also a third division win. Those division wins are precious. And you got another opportunity coming up next week with Arkansas. So you could have four of your division wins already in your back pocket before you get to Tennessee and the month of November down the road. You still have a road game against a, a non-divisional opponent um, with Kentucky. In November, so you got Tennessee and Kentucky out of the East, uh, but you're getting close to maxing out the the Western Division slate. So important from a divisional perspective to get that win, and uh, important intangibly for this team to know that it can do that, uh, and also important for it to know how fortunate it was in some ways to be able to do it because you got to clean up these things, whether you're playing at home or on the road. Uh, you just can't have that many mistakes. Now, again, you love the effort. You love the uh, efforts by individuals. Uh, what about Will Reichert also taking over the punting duties from James Burnup and didn't look like he was out of place at all. Now, he's not James Burnup as a punter, uh, but he looked fairly comfortable. And like a lot of these guys at the college level, most of them did both in high school. So 
it's not something totally foreign to a guy like Will Reichard, but uh, he did a very nice job. What about the field goal block by Chris Braswell and the one-hop pickup? And it looks like at 24-17, Alabama's going to put the game away at 31-17. And Alabama had some good fortune, too. I thought the call on Dallas Turner, kind of chintzy. I guess by the letter of the rule book, you could say that was a blindside block. It almost looked like he was running with Jake Johnson and just nudged him. It wasn't this sort of cross-field dial a guy up and deplete him. But again, in that situation, you don't even leave it to the discretion of the official because you're 15 yards behind the play. There's nothing that you need from that block. You're already going to score with Chris Braswell. So I'm sure that's the point that's going to be made to Dallas, but Dallas played his tail off too. Those edge guys continue to play at a very high level. Uh, It was good to see Deontay Lawson back in the lineup defensively for Alabama. You continue to see a little bit of a rotation there with Jihad Campbell and also uh, Trez Marshall at the other linebacker spot. And, uh, you know, a tough day on offense if you were one of those running backs. I mean, Jace hung in there and did some pretty good things as the game moved along. Had that catch. What about the catch late where he initially has the knee on the ground but kind of pops it up to himself and simultaneously gets his knee off the ground and then turns it into a first down. And then, of course, immediately after that, Jalen throws a quick ball out towards Malik Benson. And, I, and I'm sure, you know, the thinking there is he's uncovered out there, but you don't even have to throw it at that point. You know, you could essentially, after you got the McClellan first down, you could take a knee if you wanted to. Uh, but all's well that ends well after a crazy, crazy fourth quarter for the Alabama Crimson Tide at Texas A&M. Hey, if you want to check in with us, we're taking your comments and questions here in the live chat that we have up here on instant analysis. Uh, And we move through here and talk about maybe even some more individual performances in the game for Alabama. Mr. Big Homie, 43, checking in. Roll Tide, I'm happy for the win. They must clean up the penalties. You aren't wrong, Mr. Big Homie. We heard that sentiment echoed by head coach, Nick Saban in his post-game comments. And again, so many of them of the pre-snap variety. Alabama went to the silent count. You saw Tyler Booker kind of signaling um, to Seth McLaughlin. To his credit, snaps were better. Uh, I'm not sure if he tried a different approach. You know, there's two different approaches that you see teams try with those shotgun snaps. There's almost like the mini long snap, the one-handed spiral shot back that you'll see some centers use. And then there's an approach that's almost like it looks like the old school from under center snap, but it sends the ball back end over end. Now, I would think quarterbacks prefer the spiral snap because it allows them to get their hands in the position they want it on, maybe on the football quicker. But for the sake of accuracy, I've heard anyway that the more end over end snap uh, can be a, a better choice for centers, whatever. It seemed to work pretty well for Seth. He did have some pre-snap issues uh, like the rest of that offensive line. And we saw, again, not just Jaden Roberts at right guard, but we saw the continued platoon at left tackle with Elijah Pritchett, uh, Caden Proctor after that blind side sack there of of Jalen in the third quarter. The very next series, you saw Elijah out there. So that continues to be a work in progress as well. Um, you know, and, and I thought offensively, uh, to get that kind of performance by Jermaine Burton was, I mean, it was everything. And also 
Jalen Milrow, obviously. Uh, but, you know, we talked about this during the week, too. Kind of concealed by all the tackles for loss and all the sacks the last two weeks against two teams that really don't have the personnel that Alabama has on offense. And I'm talking about Auburn, especially in the passing game right now. And then also Arkansas. Uh, You go back before that and you realize, and if you saw any of that game, Miami lit up Texas A&M through the year. Averaged 12 and a half yards per pass attempt in that win over the Aggie. So this was going to be really for A&M the first challenge that it had seen like that since that trip to South Florida. And in a lot of ways, uh, it was a lot of the same for the Texas A&M defense as, you know, the thing about Jalen and yes, he takes sacks, but I'll say this about the sacks too. And he took three or four today. I think you could go back and look at him and say, you know, Jalen held the football. Jalen could have got, I like the sacks better than I like the picks against Texas and Ole Miss. I'll tell you that. I like those better. Yeah, it would be it would be great if he could clean them up and and get rid of the football and not take them as much. But if I had to choose between some sacks and turnovers, uh, give me the uh, give me the sacks accepted. William Harrison checking in now. Heck of a win today. Roll Tide. Thanks for the great instant analysis. Thank you, William, for tuning in. We always appreciate that. G. Ellis the second checks in here credit to that lights out d line leveling the o-line and forcing a safety also big shout out to air raid milrow yeah i didn't think we would see that one uh that sort of reference on instant analysis air raid jalen milrow but it was and again you know jalen came into this game averaging 10.7 yards per pass attempt and oh bryce young a year ago was at 8.8 and of course bryce threw it a pretty good bit more than Jalen, but the point being, when you line some things up going into this game, and you looked at that Aggie secondary and that pass defense against a legitimate opponent in Miami a few weeks back, and you think about the explosive play potential of this offense through the passing game, everybody talked last week about Alabama only threw it 12 times against Mississippi State. Yeah, well, you know, seven of their 10 completions were 17 yards or more, so when they do throw it, it tends to result in some explosiveness. So that was the case once again. Isaiah Bond was able to get deep for that uh, first quarter touchdown catch. Uh, the second quarter, not so good for Alabama. Um, you know, it was a 14 to nothing run to that second quarter for AM. And I know that led to a lot of doom and gloom on our roundtable message board. But man, Alabama in the second half. Closes it out uh, 16 to 3 uh, in getting that 26 to 20 win. And I think G. Ellis brings up a good point, too. Defensive line. How about Justin Aboyby? How can you not be thrilled for that dude? Fifth year guy, nearly had his career ended last year, and he lowered the boom on Max Johnson there. One of those times in the game where you thought it was over in the fourth quarter, just one of about four or five times. Made it a two-score game at 26 to 17. Well, you had what? What was it? Grounding. So that's a sack. Um, but a Boygby with a sack and a half. You had multiple guys. Alabama had five sacks, but I want to say that, you know they were spread around. Now one thing sort of plays into the other. You know when we look at these sacks, Chris Braswell sack, uh, Tim Keenan sack, Justin Aboyby sack and a half, Dallas Turner 
sack. Jaheim Otis, half sack. So that's three defensive linemen who contributed to your sack total. And, you know, look, the penalties were bad. There's no denying that, especially pre-snap for Alabama offensively. Uh, but that was an A&M team that came in with 30 tackles for loss in its last two games. And A&M had eight tackles for loss, including six sacks. Uh, but Alabama, for the most part, did a pretty good job taking care of the football. Sands, the interception from Jalen there uh, in the third quarter. So, yeah, I hear you. I hear you, G. Ellis. That was uh, a strong performance by the Alabama defense. You'd like to finish the game a little bit better. Uh, the two penalties when you're up 26-17 and then you miss a tackle. Now, you caught a break there too, though, didn't you? With Anaya Smith's foot barely dragging out of bounds there uh, at about the two as it was reviewed. And so it goes from 26-24 with still three and some change left. And A&M had all three of its timeouts at the time to you get to play defense, which is a great thing because with this Alabama defense, you got a chance to extend that drive, maybe even get a stop, which is what Alabama did in forcing that field goal. I thought it was interesting by Jimbo there. Uh, they kind of let time run down, you know, kind of really put it all on, or a lot anyway, on the onside kick after you kick a field goal to make it a six. And now you still got to go get in the end zone if you're going to win. So I thought Alabama benefited from a couple of things in that regard too. So, uh, but the Alabama defense, absolutely. Give them a lot of credit. Special teams um, got the job done when you needed to. I thought it was almost comedic in some ways. Not because I don't think Kuwait McKinstry has great hands, but just knowing that once again uh, on Saturday, Kuwait on punt returns a little bit of drama back there with him. Uh, but he did the job on the on the onside kick, um, you know, burn up on the punt that he was injured on, and that's that's one you're gonna we're gonna want to keep track of. Uh, I don't know if Reichard would be the choice to stay in there uh, as a two way guy as your punter and your kicker. I would think ideally that wouldn't be the case. Um, I don't know if Connor Talty, the freshman, would be an option either. Uh, but it was a bomb. I mean, the punt that Burnup was hurt on was – but that was the concern, too, going into the game because if you watched A&M in Arkansas last week, Anaya Smith had two long punt returns on punts in which Arkansas essentially out-punted its coverage to the extent, in fact, that he also semi-muffed the punt last week before taking it back to the house. He did the thing, same thing on Saturday against Alabama uh, and nearly took it to the house as well. So – I would say in some ways a mixed bag. I'll tell you what I did like, and it didn't show up maybe in huge plays on Alabama special teams, but I like Kendrick Law bringing the ball out of the end zone, especially when Alabama was struggling early on offense. Why not take a shot on a return? Uh, and he had a couple of had a couple of nice returns, so I did like that approach for the Alabama special teams. Um, you know, injury-wise, as we're going to continue to talk about as we get through this upcoming week with Alabama looking ahead to Arkansas, you know, Malachi Moore and that injury that he sustained, that was just part of sort of just what? A nightmarish end of the first half when Malachi gets rolled up on. And, you know, the good thing there is in your nickel, I think you feel pretty good about coming with Trey Amos at corner 
and taking Terry on Arnold and dropping him down into the star. The bigger problem comes when you go dime and now you're going to uh, a defensive back who really hadn't played much. And today it was Christian story and really quickly, whether it was by design or plan or not, A&M took advantage of that sort of personnel change on a third down there uh, in the second quarter. But now you've got some time in the practice week to kind of figure some things out, see where Malachi's at from a health perspective. Obviously, uh, he's very, very important to that defense. And I, I think that it's just another aspect of this win that makes it all the more impressive because he is that important um, to your defense. And James Burnup is that important to your special teams. And despite all the self-inflicted wounds, you still managed to overcome it and get a huge road win on Saturday afternoon. Anyone else want to check in before we get out of here on a Saturday night? Alabama, not a huge, huge performance in terms of total yards, uh, but yards per play very much in Alabama's favor here. Uh, If I told you Alabama was going to be minus one in turnover margin and also commit, how many penalties, 15? 14 that were accepted, commit 14 accepted penalties. And here are the, here are the uh, offensive penalties, 10 of them. False start, false start, false start, false start, false start, nine of them, nine of the 10. You had the unsportsmanlike conduct flag on Jermaine Burton. Don't like seeing that from Jermaine, but that's kind of the way he plays. And if he's going to go for nearly 200, I guess you can live with it. You just hope it doesn't come at an inopportune time at some point uh, in the future. But, you know, when you look at what Alabama did defensively, especially in the second half, uh, total yards for A&M after halftime, 103 for A&M and averaged around four yards per play in the first half, um, 203 and averaged around six per play. So the Alabama defense, after we heard so much about the A&M defense throughout the week, it was the Alabama defense in the second half that uh, that kind of took over the show in this one. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. Thanks again for joining us here on Instant Analysis. Yeah, Craig, I, I, what did I say? Did I say Alabama was plus one in turnover margin or minus one? I thought they were minus one. thought they were minus one. Let me check here. I'm getting checked on here. I like getting checked on. I need it. I need to get checked on. Turnovers, Alabama two, Texas A&M one. Now, you had the block field goal. Uh, that was a big one. You also recorded a safety on defense. So that's how you help even out that minus one margin uh, in turnovers. Uh, Tennyson Lane checking in from Winston-Salem. Offers up a roll tide to instant analysis. Thanks for tuning in, Tennyson. Also, G. Ellis with a final thought here before we get out of here. That roughing the passer penalty may have been a bit suspect. Yeah, I I didn't think there was real intent there at all. But as we know, if you go anywhere around the head area of a quarterback these days, more so in the NFL, I've said it many times before, The NFL protects its quarterbacks more than college does. You would think it'd be the other way around. It's not. 
these uh these NFL there were some hits there were some hits on Max Johnson and Jalen Milrow today that would have been 15 yard penalties tomorrow in the NFL I'm I'm pretty pretty sure of that Craig says he forgot the second turnover yeah yeah there were two for Alabama in the game but uh, overcame it all and now gets to return home and again with that third division win in its back pocket that's you can't under value that you know all sec wins are valuable but division road wins they don't get more valuable than that in the southeastern conference so jalen milrow jermaine burton that defense more than a few heroes for alabama in in college station on saturday afternoon hey we're gonna have complete coverage for you charlie potter our senior team reporter, of course, going to lead the way for us uh, from College Station. Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, myself on the team side of things. And also, when recruiting comes up, you know, you're not going to find anyone close to Tim Watts and Andrew Bone and Joseph Hastings. JoJo on the go. He was at IMG Bartram Trail in Northeast Florida on Friday night. So, want to check out Joe Hastings' coverage, of course, as well. Keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. Hang out with us on the roundtable, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. And also, if you haven't subscribed to both our YouTube channel, our new Bama Online YouTube channel, you're watching this there in all likelihood right now. You need to do that. Turn on those notifications. You'll get notified when all of our great video content drops. And this will also be able to uh you'll be able to find this also at the bama online podcast so wherever you consume podcasts the audio version of this will be available to you as well travis ryer have a great rest of your weekend until next time so long everybody hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.